Hello and welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 75. It is a solo episode. And this one is about uh, men guarding, not just men, our culture guarding against the pendulum swinging too far. And it's in the context of, uh, say, men, I'm going to use this term very vaguely, men's rights, women's rights, that sort of thing. In our roundtable discussion uh, with Gus Dash and uh, Maxwell Smart that will have finished uh, being live b- before this actually makes it on there, which is good. I had mentioned in that we had, the pendulum culturally, the United States has very much become a gynocentric culture, as have many other cultures around the world. Um, and by gynocentric, I mean it is it's a pretty specific self-defining term, but the pendulum has swung largely, hugely in favor of women. And, uh, and, and as examples of that, I would, I would use examples like custody for women in the United States um, is, I want to say it's in the upper eighties percent of custody decisions are made in favor of the mother. And that would be in spite of the fact that that somewhere between 70 to 85 percent of uh, divorces are initiated by the female partner on partner domestic violence is initiated equally by the male or the female roughly 50 percent of domestic violence victims are males uh, there has been a serious spike in mental a spike in serious mental illness in females a little bit of a phenomenon over recent years, and that would predate all of the COVID hype um, that was in existence and climbing before all of that. So in spite of all of that, custody is still decided in favor of the the woman in excess of 80% of cases. So men are being uh, divorce raped financially, emotionally, spiritually. And if you are in the United States, and I'm not throwing women under the bus with this. I'm just making observations because this is the reality. And and if we don't get our our heads on straight, we're going we're gonna to lose the culture of the United States. We're going to surrender it. So even with with that, with the the, the custody issue is one, uh, women 35 and under now out earn financially. They out earn men. So that pendulum has swung hard, but they're still this that's not enough for fourth wave fifth wave feminism whatever wave it is of nonsense and then if you consider that that it is be, it has been standard in the united states for many years for women to make false allegations against men uh to the point that that men are just checking out i'll come back to that in just a second so you have false allegations and if you think of, if you're in the United States, this may be true in Australia. I'm going to guess possibly the UK. I don't know about Scandinavia, but part of it in India, it definitely is an issue um, because women from India are starting to cry out against what is happening to their men. Actually, they started years ago crying out how their fellow women are destroying the good men in their country. And it's the same thing I'm watching here. If you look at, there is no accountability for a woman. A woman, when I look at who's aggressive with me in traffic or tailgating me or flipping me off, other guys don't flip me off. 
other guys, I mean, if they're distracted or something, they may tailgate me, but they'll back off. It's it's just a, it's something I, I don't really notice so much with men. But women are very aggressive, and they have been allowed to become that way because there is no accountability, very little accountability. And so there is nothing. No man is even going to raise a hand probably not cast a harsh word because it could be alleged anything and with no evidence, a man's life can be turned upside down. And again, when women do that, there is no accountability for that. And the court system has enabled this. Attorneys have enabled this. They've figured out a way to make money off of this. Instead of helping to shut this down, there is no financial interest for attorneys to try to shut this down. It's a money-making machine. I have long said that we have passed the point where we need to remove market share from divorce courts and and bad attorneys for bad behavior. We need to remove their market share. And that has been my goal for uh, several years now in visiting with men is let's remove their market share. Let's just take it away for bad behavior because they're not going to stop it. The courts are not going to intervene. The courts are not going to change. They are still heavily lopsided in favor of, of women. So now that, like I said, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to throw women, women under the bus for this because what I see is it's not a female issue. The symptoms are showing itself in females right now because they have been allowed to operate without accountability to say whatever, to allege whatever, to demand whatever, unceasingly. And now you've got like generations that are, say, under 40. who, And that's all that the females have known is whatever they demand, they expect to get. They, they feel entitled to it. So they, they become aggressive with it. They demand it. If you tell them no, um, the, the huge rise in narciss- narcissistic personality disorder among females in our culture, when you use the word no, you can see their face turn red. And it's something that they're clearly not, it's not appropriate for them to, to expect to get. They can ask for it, but they feel entitled to get it when clearly it is above and beyond for them to ask something for something like that. And and I can say without exception, the people who have twisted me twisted off on me, I am probably close to 800 homes uh, behind me now. Um, I have never once had a man twist off on me. Uh, the most aggressive and angry buyers of homes that I deal with, hands down, are female. Uh, because they don't fear any retribution. They don't fear... They don't. They have no fear. They've become a uh, from Jurassic Park, where they an apex predator, and and that's not a good position to put somebody in. So here's my argument. I would argue that if you gave men the same opportunity, lopsided with no accountability, that all that I just talked about, I, I might be sitting here at the microphone saying the same thing in defense of women. Like like men have taken this too far. I don't think we're dealing with a man versus woman issue. I think we're dealing with a human nature issue. And a human nature issue is something to be dealt with as a culture. Men, women, children, churches, not churches, whatever. As a culture, this is a cultural issue. It is not a male, female, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever issue. So men are checking out. 
men have been checking out for probably 15 years now. It started maybe, I would guess, somewhere around 15 years ago. And it has been gradually increasing. I, I go back a decade. And you can start to see, at least, I mean, I'm a guy I, around a lot of guys. I could see the beginning of the migration of productive, responsible uh, men who live pretty clean. They've got a good head on their shoulders, uh, solid foundation. They were starting to check out of the dating market, the marriage market, because they had been divorce raped. Um, and and once you've had your teeth kicked in emotionally, spiritually, and financially, you start to wonder why you would risk it again. Well, from a decade ago to now, it's reaching a, a point of critical mass. Not yet, but it's approaching that point. And feminists have taken note of that. Because men are not willing to risk a relationship with a female culture that so much of them have become the ones who promote hookup culture. They like the hookup thing, the the sort of meaningless relationship, random sex with whoever. Um, like that is not an attractive thing to men. Men who do that, who participate in that are not going to strike a long-term relationship with that female, period. They're just not. It's That's not what a long-term relationship looks like. It's not what it begins like, and it has no foundation. So we're watching a shift in culture, and I finally looked up, because I stay away from pretty much everything in the culture, just to watch and make my own observations and my own uh, do my own critical thinking instead of letting somebody else think it for me. And I, I I very much limit the input that comes into me. And I would rather go talk to people and learn firsthand to men, women, kids, whatever it might be, and, and find out about what life is like. What I mean, I'm blessed right now with a bunch of people coming from all over the country to buy houses here. And it's been that way for several years now. So I get to hear a bunch of different takes from different parts of the United States um, observation that people, you know, were able to make from that part of the culture. All right. So I had an unexpected interruption. <laughs> interruption. One of my boys just burst through the front door with an idea or two that he wanted some help thinking about out loud. So I have uh, kind of lost my train of thought, but it's well worth the investment in my in my son. So I, I tend to stay away from cultural things and especially things that involve drama because I just don't like drama. Period. I don't have any patience for it anymore or interest in it. So finally, I took a look at the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing, and that I just kind of have a cursory look at at some of it. And it was a it was evidence of a swing in the pendulum in favor of men that a man could actually hold a woman accountable for what she says about him, that she can't just run her mouth with no accountability. And with no repercussions for defaming a man, and and that's a that is a pendulum that needs to swing back, because for far too long, and I mean decades now, women have been able to say whatever they want to about a man in public, and a woman will, worst case, from a judge will just be told to stop doing that, and it doesn't matter if she goes after a man's career, his personal life, his children his friends, whatever, she can turn into an absolute Tasmanian devil and go after destroying his reputation, which is typically the approach 
that has become normalized in a lot of family law situations is that instead of parting ways amicably and civilly, it's almost as if a lot of women are incapable of simply saying, we're done, I understand, like we're done with this. They have to go after, they don't, they don't want, they're so used to not being held accountable for stuff that the thought of actually potentially being blamed for something, it, it makes them go into a panic mode. So they have to defame and to try to destroy the character of their, the reputation of their husband at the time and soon to be ex-husband. Or I guess it could be the same in a dating relationship. They need to make, they need to throw so much crap at the wall and hope that a few things stick to keep the limelight off of them so that their bad behavior never lands on the radar or under the microscope. And if you just throw enough crap, that has been the typical approach over the last at least 10 years in family courts is literally, it's like throw like if you've ever textured a ceiling, then if you're not older, you probably haven't textured a ceiling. You feed drywall mud into a huge gun and it just splatters drywall, every, mud everywhere, drywall mud everywhere. And then you can either leave it or knock it down, you know, with a trowel. That's what it reminds me of, just scooping up big piles of mud and throwing it. And then if you get enough all over the wall, nobody looks at you. And that has largely been the offensive approach of women anytime that somebody threatens to leave them or, or could even expose their bad behavior. And that is not a good thing either. That's not a good thing for our culture. It's highly destructive, not only to the men who are victims of it, but to the women who are doing it. That's not a, that is not a good, healthy way to deal with disappointment, conflict, whatever it might be. It is a terribly destructive way to deal with things. So what I see men doing over the past 10 years, especially, is we're sort of living by the motto that what we allow is what will continue. And so there's enough men checking out, not people who are not guys who are just bums or whatever. They sit and play video games all day. Feminists are getting riled now because productive, well-founded men are just leaving the dating scene. They do not want to get burned. It, they have weighed the risk of the pendulum being parked up in the gynocentric end um, in, in the family court and cultural uh, court, because that's really what it is, that, that they've weighed the cost and they said, it's not worth that. I'm going to go live my own life as a bachelor. And I'm okay with that because at least I know I can have assets. I can have interests. I can have friends. I can have my own spiritual journey, my own emo emotional health. I can, you know, in cases where they're allowed, I can still help raise my children. But why would I invite the storm? Um, I heard a guy use an example once that, and I, this one cracked me up big time, that when a guy says that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to risk everything to date somebody or get involved and then be falsely accused of something uh, to get cleaned out financially, his reputation destroyed and marred. And and then women will say, well, you just haven't met the right women. And the analogy he used is, you know, when I was, I was younger, I put my hand on a hot stove and I burned my hand. And he said, 
if you take the same logic of women telling me that I just haven't found the right woman, it's like saying you just haven't found the right stove yet. And and that's that's the way a lot of men, an increasingly larger number of men, it is now reaching, it is, uh, it's gaining momentum. And men are pulling away from this. And they're just saying, fine, if you want to be brave and beautiful, because as a, a, I heard another guy point out, once that if a woman wants to be by herself, it's that's brave and courageous and beautiful of her to do that. If a man says, I'm done, I'm, I'm done being burned, I'm done being abused and kicked like some some dog in the corner of the yard, men or women will accuse him of being misogynist or hyper-masculine, stuff like that. They're very critical of it, and they try to shame that man into dating. Whereas if a woman does the same thing, she's brave and beautiful for doing that. She's courageous for that. Well, men, are, are they don't care anymore for the most part, and they're checking out because they have realized that what we allow is what will continue. So we're just not participating, and we are going to remove market share away from women and their bad choices and that's why we're going to remove ourselves from that mix to protect ourselves because we're we're done putting our our head on the chopping block repeatedly to have it handed to us. So that is where we're at. And then, as I mentioned in the roundtable, the younger you get, the less interested guys are in not just necessarily long term relationships, but marriages. And and that so that that tells me the pendulum is already weighted to swing dramatically opposite from the gynocentric uh, realm where it's parked at and where it's been parked at for at least uh, at least 20 years now in favor of women, regardless of everything. The pendulum is already being weighted in the in the younger generations to swing really hard in the other direction where it will be appropriate probably 20 years from now for a man like myself to take a microphone and start defending women and saying, look, man, the pendulum has swung too far. So this is, this is the whole point of this podcast is as men, we have to stand as sentries on the wall as guardians on the wall. And we have to, we have to watch out for our culture because there are a lot of people that have, let's say the presumption of power. It's an illusory power. It fades, it comes and goes uh, it, ultimately, it is it is really not a genuine power. They do not have the best interest for us as a people or or people in any other place. They want the pendulum swinging from gynocentric to entirely masculine. They do not want that pendulum landing in the middle. But as men, standing on the wall, as guardians of a culture and a people, we I believe we have the ability to gently walk that pendulum down to the center and hold it there. And we can do that in how we carry ourselves. It's not that we need to uh, seek revenge for the things that have happened to us as a result of uh, the cultural shift being so gynocentric. We need to be bigger than that and say, okay, fine. I trusted you. You cleaned me out financially. You took my kids. You beat me over the head with a stick. You falsely accused me of things. You tried to ruin my reputation, and perhaps you were successful at it, and I had to move. Um, maybe I had to change careers. Maybe who knows what. But as men, we are bigger than that. 
And we need to be bigger than that. So instead of seeking revenge for that, we need to be stalwart. We need to be firmly footed in the middle. And when the pendulum comes back down, we stop it at the center. We don't just keep going because we need to teach women a lesson. That would be revenge. And that's just going to, all that does is perpetuate the, the radical swinging of the pendulum. And that creates constant division and it creates an unwholesomeness. And no, not unwholesomeness. It manifests as an, a disunity in a culture. And it would be a disunity between men and women in which would automatically start creating disunity in the family unit uh, of our culture. So that pendulum is going to want to swing hard, really, really hard in the direction of men. And for the one or two people in the world who are listening to this, on the individual level, you have to become a voice for keeping that pendulum at the center when it gets back there. And this is not about revenge. This is about the wholeness of our culture. And I mean, my culture, your culture, wherever you are, nobody's going to come do that for us. They don't want that. They want divided arguing people who are hostile toward each other, who are not unified because of unified people. There are so many more of us who have other people's best interests at heart than those who have the illusion of power that don't have the people's best interests at heart. We are a massive number to deal with. And unified, the people that don't have the best interest for us or you, wherever you are as a people, cannot stand against the people in that culture unified and in, in saying, no, this is the middle ground. This is what makes a family healthy. This is what makes a relationship healthy between a man and a woman, between myself and my wife, between my wife and her and her kids, between me and my children, between us as a family. This is what keeps peace and wholesomeness and togetherness within the family unit. And that telegraphs through a culture when people start becoming a voice for that. So I want to encourage you as a man, this pendulum is already going to start swinging. It's already swinging and it's going to want to go completely into men teaching women a lesson. And we cannot let that happen. Uh, We cannot travel down the road of revenge because we are just playing into other people's hands when we do it. And we have to guard against that. So when it gets back toward the center, then I would say it's time for a discussion. And we say, okay, what makes for a balanced, healthy set of relationships in a culture? And it definitely stays away from extremes. Because in an extreme position, you are in a fixed position. You, you don't move. It's, it's, I, I mean, I grew up, I spent quite a bit of time in a Bible universities getting my master's degree. And I would find a lot of dogmatic people who remained in a fixed position regardless of the evidence or the or the argument that what they believed could possibly be wrong. And I, I mean, I'm sure I've spent plenty of time in dogmatic positions, especially in my youth, back in my ignorant 20s when I knew enough to really be dangerous and I didn't have enough sense to realize how much I didn't know. And now in my 50s, I've realized that I don't have to have all the answers. In fact, I don't, I don't even want to pretend like I have all the answers because I don't. I stumble my way through each day and ask God for the grace to forgive me for the things that I screw up 
and to help me become each day a man he would find faithful a little bit more at the end of the week. And, you know, maybe the next week I can improve just a little bit in that area. And, and I suck at it. So I'm not, I'm not preaching to anybody, but we have to avoid extremes because extremes like now, like feminism, at least fourth or fifth wave feminism, they're in a fixed position that it will never be enough. Well, now the fourth or fifth wave feminists are going to start fighting with the, the, all the alphabet part of the culture, the ABC or whatever, the BTQs, whatever. So now th- then you're going to have two extremes in fixed positions, fixed extreme positions, and they'll be fighting with each other, which is fine. The extremes can go fight with each other. But those of us who are willing to say, look, what makes us whole as a culture, as a family, as neighbors, And that is where we need to move the discussion and quit letting people pull the discussion to extremes and let the the people with extreme positions, they will maybe eventually come around. But but we we have to find a way to start healing our cultures again, because if you haven't looked past, if you haven't looked back over the decades and the centuries, there's not a lot of, I would say the last 150 to 200 years, there's not a lot of, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of uh, help outside of your very localized area that has an interest in unity among its people. At least I can say that here in the United States. And from listening to people in other countries like Australia, I would say that that is also likely the case. It's our job as men to stand on the wall, to be the guardian, and to not let somebody keep kicking us and our relationships and our families from one extreme to the other, because we will never be at rest. We will never be at peace. We will always be at war with one another. And we have to stop this. We can't keep doing this because as long as we keep doing this, doing this, we are putty in the hands of people who don't have our best interests at heart. And they are using that against us. So I'm going to drop it off there. And I'm hoping that some of that made sense. And if it didn't, I apologize. And uh, I, it's it's late in the day. I am very tired. It's been hanging out north of 100 degrees here for about a month. Um, and so every afternoon when I get home, I am pretty much deeply tired. And I will catch you on the next one. As a really quick addendum onto this, because I keep forgetting to do it. I'm already at episode 75. Um, I'm going to put a link to my book if for some reason uh, you want to read it. I think you can get it for free on Kindle. And um, it's not expensive, but it, it bears the same name as this podcast. The cover looks the same as the uh, the little image. I don't know what you call it, like a thumbnail for my podcast. And the book is Man, You Are Not Alone. And it is buried on Amazon. So I will try to find it myself and post a link in the description of this podcast. And I don't know if that goes out when the podcast gets picked up by the other 17 platforms. So with that said, I will catch you on the next one.